0: a quiet summer for the federal government, for the prime minister, which seems to be uh, quite a mismatch between uh, what they've been doing or not doing and some of the many problems we're we're facing as a country right now. And it feels like the government has policy fires all over the place. And yet there's inaction. They, They just kind of seem checked out. Now, they're also facing some record low polling numbers, so it suggests that Canadians are paying attention to all of this. Now, the prime minister is back from his vacation in Costa Rica. And we've got a very high profile, someone coming up next week with the chancellor of Germany. He's going to be visiting Canada, and that's sure to bring some important conversation, I think, or hope, on the energy front. One thing, though, that, that uh, looms as a question, we've seen it in the past where Trudeau vacations have been followed by consequential decisions. What do we expect from this leader, from this government come fall in terms of big policy shifts or even in terms of Trudeau's own future? Well, joining us uh, for some further thoughts uh, on all of this, uh, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, here this morning, uh, Calgary Nose Hill Conservative Member of Parliament, Michelle Rempel-Garner. And uh, by the way, you can read more. Michelle has her own uh, Substack newsletter, michellerempelgarner.substack.com. Michelle, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, as always.
0: By the way, we were just talking about the Line 5 court decision yesterday. This is uh, encouraging. Um, You know, there's some bigger conversations happening around energy policy, obviously, with the the German Chancellor visiting next week. But your your thoughts on on the Line 5 decision and what it represents to you?
1: Uh, It's really welcome news. Um, I hope that, although, you know, my my hopes are limited on this, that the federal Liberal government uh, sees this as an opportunity to really push for stronger Canadian-American relations on energy security by securing more energy infrastructure like this in the future, as opposed to just sort of either being content to let American presidents veto these decisions or interfere in them. Um, I I hope that recent geopolitical situations um, underscore and, and really highlight the need for energy security around the world and the role that Canadian energy can play in that. And so this decision is welcome news, but there's a lot more work to be done and a lot more political will to be put behind that principle, that's for sure.
0: Right. I mean, I'm not hopeful that we're going to see any kind of big announcement, certainly when it comes to LNG uh, exports, as much as I suspect the German Chancellor of that. Um, it just yeah. feels like one of those those areas where, and like a lot of other big files right now, the, the, there's just, there, there's no urgency to anything it feels like.
1: I think it's also, it highlights some really nonsensical decisions that were made during a period of time where reality just escaped people. Like you talk about Germany, right? I mean, Germany, under the influence of, a uh, Green Party decommissioned some of their nuclear energy plants and made itself more reliant on natural gas imports from Russia. And there's big questions about what happens on the European continent and in Germany in a few short months because winter is coming and they haven't been able to uh, stockpile natural gas reserves. And that sort of backwards thinking about energy security, it's endemic on the left in North America as well. And, you know, Talking about ways to address climate change uh, in a way that doesn't uh, detriment energy security, the, the economy, the social fabric of our countries—that's that's an important thing. It has to be done in the context of reality, and I think that I, what I would hope for those conversations is that some a dose of realism on the current situation is brought to the table, uh, rather than just having wishful thinking that somehow and these energy needs are going to magically uh, be fulfilled. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of realism is coming to the table and Mm -hmm. hopefully that's an impetus for some smarter policy decisions that have been made in previous years in our country
0: by the federal liberal. Let's hope so. Well, your sense of of what's going on right now, because they they are facing what for them are a record low polling numbers. Mm -hmm. We've got, you know, inflation that the Canadians are concerned about, you know, from that questions about how strong the economy really is. Uh, you know, the, the airport, the air, or the, yeah, the airports, air travel, passports, That that's all a big mess. I mean, you know, there, there just seem to be all kinds of reasons why Canadians are, are losing faith in this government right now. What, what's your sense of where a lot of that is coming from?
1: Well, I mean, Trudeau's government is long in the tooth. So I wrote about this, right? I, I, when you think about it, he was elected in 2015. So anybody who was born when he became prime minister is entering grade two in a Mm -hmm. few weeks. So he's been in office for a long time. He's had a lot of scandal, a lot of scandal. And that scandal has been now accompanied by losses of jobs in the country, record high inflation, massive interest rates, hikes. And people are, I think, really looking at Trudeau, uh, even people who have voted liberal for a long time saying, wow, the shine has really come off this. At the same time, you know, I, in my article, I write about how I, I hope, and my fingers are crossed, that several years of infighting within the conservative party—that was the result, or I call it the war of succession post Stephen Harper—I think that's going to come to an end in September. Mm-hmm. I think that my party is going to be united and have a time of stability where, uh, you know, instead of focusing <laughs> guns internally. Uh, will be squarely focused on Trudeau. And that's a big change for him. Uh, he's, you know, really relied, Trudeau has really relied on opposition parties not having their act together. And I think that's about to change. And that combined with the scandal, the lack of shine, I, his polling numbers, I think it's going to lead to a lot of unrest in his caucus. Um, there's a lot of people within his cabinet and beyond that are starting a position for his job. And he's going to have some choices to make And, you know, in my article, I sort of lay out the rationale for why he either needs to go to an election this fall or most likely, as you said, post-vacation, he may have made a decision to uh, retire and trigger a leadership race uh, next fall if he can't uh, find a way to reverse his fortunes, which I think is going to be very, very difficult to do given the amount of baggage that he has and that he seemed to have with a lot of people in the Canadian
0: public. Right. I mean, wh- why does he want to still be prime minister other than it's it's good to be prime minister, I guess, but there doesn't seem to be a- any big policy uh, you know, sh- shift on the horizon or anything yeah. he still feels like he wants to accomplish because the government just feels like it's been really listless lately.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, you look back, it's a year ago. <laughs> we were in a federal um, election. Um, uh, Trudeau, the Trudeau campaign of 2021 for me, comparing to him in 2015, he didn't have a message for the country. It was a very divisive rhetoric. It really felt like a desperate cling to power. And that doesn't track for Canadians, regardless of political stripe, and particularly now with people struggling, really struggling with making ends meet, a lot of concerns about Canada's role in the world, given conflict and instability. Um, I think he's in it right now, cause he, and I write about this, for a variety of reasons, he doesn't know what's next for him in the future. But, you know, when, when, when you're in a leadership position, uh, you know, as a member of parliament, leader of a party, the, the question can't be about that. The question has to be about what are you doing to serve your community? I think he's kind of lost that a little bit. Uh, it's why he hasn't been able to reinvent himself politically, and uh, I think that he's stalling for time to figure out what's next for him personally. I think it's a very selfish period of time, and uh, I think his caucus understands that. I think they're starting to resent it, particularly those that are in safe or sorry swing seats mm-hmm. where he might be a drag on their ticket. Um, And, uh, you know, like, I think you just nailed it. That lack of a vision, that lack of real resonance with Canadians' concerns, even liberal voters' concerns, I think is a real problem for him. And that's why I'm convinced it's either election this fall or he's going to trigger a leadership race in the next year
0: or so. Wow. And and those those are two big scenarios, regardless of which it ends up being. But the idea of an election this fall, because I think to me that seems... Like such a huge risk. I mean, given where their poll numbers are at, all sure. the problems they're facing right now. So it seems crazy to me. But I know, why do you I know, think? Right? Why do you think that's at least a possibility?
1: Because there's two risks for him. Which one is bigger? It's the risk of losing an election in the fall against most likely a Poly- Polyev-led conservative party. Um, like and, and you know, not allowing the new leader to have of the conservative party to have time to organize. So it's that risk. Versus the risk of allowing a conservative leader to get their their feet under them and organize in a year, or allow Jagmeet Singh to grow a spine and pull the plug on the government, uh, and potentially lose while the wheels are fa- falling off his part uh, his party. And I do think that a loss to, let's say, a Paulie led conservative party would uh, just be a massive catastrophic blow to Trudeau's personal brand and future that I think he's really looking at a fall election in that term. Or again, as I said, potentially triggering a, a leadership race. Like, it, Tr- Justin Trudeau is not going to let the Canadian electorate, Liberal Party caucus, Jagmeet Singh, or Pierre Polyev, let's say, who's, who might be the leader of the Conservative Party, determine his personal future. You know, the, two of the analogies I give are Trudeau's a boxer, But he is not going to allow his undefeated record to be overshadowed by walking into a fight where the outcome is uncertain. And he's not going to allow himself as an actor to be pulled off the stage uh, under terms that aren't his own. And I think his two options on that front are election this fall to quell all of the caucus concerns and to prevent the Conservative Party from getting its act together or he's going to say he's going to, barring some sort of major change to his future and granted anything can happen in politics i think he's going to probably exit stage left with the leadership that, that right. that's what and i hear that i hear that behind the scenes even from liberals yeah. too
0: yeah. Very interesting. Well, it's going to be a significant fall politically for a number of reasons anyway. Uh, much more is mentioned. Uh, your Substack newsletter, it's com. Some really interesting thoughts on uh, where we're going uh, heading into the fall months here. Michelle, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for making some time for Thanks us here for today. Thanks for having me. All the best. There you go. Bye. Michelle Rempel-Garner, conservative MP for Nose Hill, and her thoughts on why Justin Trudeau may not be around much longer and why he might see some potential benefit in pulling the trigger on a fall election.